Yeah, and and I'll share the statistic with uh, with your listeners, and it was it was shocking but not surprising. And it, it, the the stat was that a, a child's financial success is almost exclusively determined by the zip code they grow up in. Does talking about your money make you cringe? Are you tired of fighting about finances? Do you want to stop sabotaging your financial happiness? Then you are in the right place. Welcome to Breaking Money Silence, a podcast series aimed at helping all of us talk more openly about money. Your host, Kathleen Burns Kingsbury, is a wealth psychology expert who is doing what she does best, speaking about taboo topics. International speaker, author, and founder of KBK Wealth Connection, Kathleen understands money and our relationship with it. Over the past decade, she has empowered thousands of people to break money silence at home and at work. Now, here is Kathleen. This episode is sponsored by Life Transitions by Dr. Amy. Helping financial advisors and their clients have deeper, more meaningful conversations so that life changes are better connected to financial plans. To find out more, visit DrAmy.life. April is Financial Literacy Month, and the goal of this month is to help people break money silence, learn more about finances, and improve the overall financial well-being of our country. So to celebrate this month, I decided to host a series on Breaking Money Silence on Financial Literacy and really explore the issue of financial education from a variety of angles. So today, I'm going to be exploring financial apps and how they can teach the next generation money smarts. And my guest is a perfect person for this conversation. His name is Mac Gardner. He's a certified financial planner, founder and chief education officer, and has served in the financial services industry for over 20 years. His passion for educating others led him to publish two books, his adult book, uh, Motivate Your Money, and his kid book, called The Four Money Bears. As the founder and chief educational officer of Finlit Tech, he works to build a bridge between financial literacy and financial technology. So welcome back to the podcast. Thank you so much for having me, Kathleen. It is a pleasure to be here. How are you? I am very good. How are you today? Uh, I'm doing quite well. I'm doing quite well uh, here in sunny Tampa. We are enjoying the weather and um, looking forward to great things that are coming up for Financial Literacy Month. Awesome. Well, here in Vermont, it snowed this morning, so we are in very different locations weather-wise. <laughs> good for skiing. Yes, yes, good for skiing. So, Mac, I'm curious. You know, you definitely are passionate about financial literacy. So tell our listeners a little bit about why you're so passionate about this topic. Sure. I feel really blessed, uh, Kathleen, that I, I've, been, I've spent... 20 plus years in the financial services industry, I've, I've worn many hats, retail banking, trust administration, corporate lending, wealth management, insurance, high net worth, ultra high net worth planning. I feel very, very fortunate. And one of the things that I realized when I had my practice was I was working with people that had money, but they really didn't have a lot of education about managing that money or just personal financial planning. And so that's what led me to write my first book, Motivate Your Money. I was provided a compliment that I, I, I carry with me for the rest of my life. It's like, you know, Mac, you do a great job in simplifying 
a lot of this really complex stuff. I call them Mac nuggets, little stories, little ways to, to break things down and make things easier for folks to understand. And that's really what started my journey uh, on, on writing and looking to educate folks uh, as much as help them with their, their financial planning needs. It is so interesting because there is a myth out there that somehow if you have a certain you know, net worth that all of a sudden you know about money and that is so not true. Uh, you can be very financially literate and have less, or you can be very financially illiterate and have more. So I'm I'm glad you're raising that issue because I think that's really important that education around finance and around money is really for all of us. Yeah, and really the root cause of it is the fact that it's not taught in schools. It you know uh, there are 23 states as of last year that require any sort of financial literacy you know, by high school. Right. And so, yeah, we did some research when we were writing the four money bears book, uh, the children's book. And, and there's a Cambridge study that shows that a child's connectivity with money actually starts as early as age seven, sometimes as early as age five. So children can understand these concepts. And so that's really our big push is to start the financial literacy, financial education conversation as early as possible, as opposed to when folks are you know, 17, 18 years old and already have some bad muscle memory when it comes to managing their finances. Absolutely. And, you know, a lot of my work around breaking money silence is the idea that we need to talk about this and we need to talk about it early. We need to talk about it often. I believe it's never too late to start, but I really love the idea of the four money bears and teaching young kids about money. So tell us a little bit about how you got the idea for the book and what is your hope or what has the book's impact been already on young people? So the first book, I talk about the five steps to financial success, right? So you have to plan accordingly, spend cautiously, save diligently, invest wisely, and give generously, right? And those were steps that the folks I had been working with took unbeknownst to them. And then all of a sudden they realized that they, they had assets, they had some wealth, they had you know enough to be able to take care of themselves and sometimes even pass on to, to future generations. And so when looking at a way to simplify this process for someone in kindergarten or first grade, uh, the Full Money Bears book, really, that the target demographic is, is K through five, we wanted to look at ways that a child could understand and, and, and a fun and entertaining way that a parent with a young child could start that conversation. So we said, hey, let's take the four functions of money and make them beers. So we have spender beer, saver beer, investor beer, and giver beer. And the book really helps a child to understand the pros and cons of each function of money, right? And then towards the end, as they progress through the book, we'll see that all four need to work together, create something called a budget. And the earlier we're aware of what these four functions are, and the earlier that we're aware that they all need to work together, then these children can start developing these financial habits at an early age and then hopefully take them into adulthood, you know, doing the right things. Well, it's certainly more exciting than the jars where you just fill up jars of money to have bears running around. I'm even more excited about bears and I'm a little older than five. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, here's the funny thing. I mean, the, the, it, you know, when you read the book, it's literally the story of me and my wife teaching our kids about money. So in our home, I'm Papa Bear, my wife is Mama Bear, and we have our three baby bears. Those are our nicknames. Oh, and so cute. It, yeah, so it, it also translated nicely that way too. When parents open the book and they read it and, and they, they see how it starts off with the Bear family going to the store, 
you know, and, and the first thing the kids do is they run off to the toy aisle. And, you know, though we may be fortunate to be able to afford to buy them something every time we go to the store, it, 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 you have to give a little pause and say, hey, you know what? Do you realize what your options are when it comes to money? And for many young people, they it, it, they think it's either spend or save. And they need to be made aware that they are actually two other functions, uh, investing as well as giving. Well, and what I, what I like about this book and the target age uh, goes back to something you already mentioned, where financial literacy or personal finance is not required in many schools in this country. And this is a nice book that a you know teacher in elementary school could bring in and read to the kids and have a conversation. And while it's not, you know it's not going to cover every single topic. It's going to at least introduce the idea that it's okay to have these money conversations in class. So I really like that part of it. You are taking it a step further though, from what I understand. So you started off with the adult book with your clients. Then you went to the four money bears for K through fifth grade. And now your organization, Finlet, is turning the book, as I understand it, into a financial app for kids. So tell me, why not just keep it as a book? Why go the extra step to make it an app? Great question. The book, we feel so blessed that families around the country, in fact, families around the world uh, have been purchasing our book to, you know, again, just start that conversation. I believe in our heart of hearts that all we are at the end of our day, Kathleen, is we're just a collection of stories, right? And the kids in our household, if you're a CFP or a CPA or an advisor or deal with money, they're going to get the stories about what a 401k is, what an IRA is, what a stock is, you know, savings versus checking accounts, all that stuff that we take for granted that we, 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 we talk about in the home on a regular basis. A vast majority of children won't get that story. So that was really one of the drivers behind writing the book. But we kept getting a response back from parents saying, Mac, you know what? Book is great. Book is awesome. Thank you so much. But is there any sort of app or digital platform? Because kids are learning differently now. Children are learning on iPads. They're learning on their laptops. And so we did a lot of research and we we, we, we believe at Finlatech that there's actually a formula to financial wellness, right? There's financial literacy and there's tons of it out there. There's tons of education out there. But unless you provide the tools, right, the actual financial capability, it's really pretty moot. You have to be able to give folks the tools to enact <laughs> and carry out this education. And, and so that's what uh, we're building. And that's the Four Money Bears Berryville. It is a digital platform. It is an app. It is a game. And what it does is it teaches kids both sides of the personal finance fence, right? So the, the children are going to be able to, uh, they're going to inherit their grandfather's berry farm and they're going to run a berry stand and they're going to learn entrepreneurship and where money comes from and how to make it. And on the other side of the fence is there's going to be uh, quests and quizzes and different ways uh, for that child to, uh, to to understand what their options are with the money once they have it. And so it's it's just the the evolution in, in our minds, Kathleen, is that the book is the beginning. We view the, uh, the Four Money Bears as the on-ramp, right, to a child's financial education journey. The app will now allow us to scale the resource and bring it to children in overlooked and underserved communities and just, just more kids, period. Yeah, I, I like that. I think one of the things that I often find is missing from traditional 
personal finance or financial literacy education is the idea that it's applicable to your life. And I think gamification, having an experience uh, like this is such a great way to get someone involved in a really interesting way, as opposed to sitting and being lectured or giving a worksheet or, you know, something that may have worked, you know, 40 years ago, although I'm not sure it works. (laughs) Certainly, it sounds like this interactive tool is going to be really useful. Now, one of the things that I did, Mac, when I was preparing for this interview is I read some research about different financial literacy apps for kids. And one of the articles that I read really stated that they were very concerned about an app teaching young people. Now, granted, this particular app was for teenagers, not younger kids, but teaching young people how to invest using an app. And so I'm curious what you think of the criticism that an app can't teach kids about investing. And I guess then the follow-up would be, you know, how is your app different in that regards if indeed it is? Sure, sure. So you hit a great point, I think, earlier. You said that the tools that are being developed now are, quote unquote, meeting people where they are, right? And, And that has been an issue for many years when it comes to financial literacy. So there are resources out there that are created to do many things. Investing is the hot topic now. Cryptocurrency is the hot topic now. And so, yes, there are platforms that are looking to educate, but that may not be the only reason and the for the application, right? It, it may be used to get folks to utilize that platform. What we're building is is truly an education-based platform, and it's a platform that helps to, as I said, serve as the on-ramp, right? So you, your child has to start learning about money somewhere, right? And investing is only one of the four functions. So what, what makes us very different is, I'll use this as a case in point, for our app, for, so for a lot of these farming apps, right, if you want to speed up your crops or if you want to be able to do things, you have to buy gems and, you know, it, it's just a way for that, that app to, to really make money. For our app, if you want to speed up your crops, if you want to, you know, go further on the game, you have to answer questions about money management. You have to answer questions about financial literacy. So we're, we're, we're very unique in that we are focusing on the behavioral finance aspect. Uh, we are focusing on the habits. You know, we believe that as children initially play this game, they're going to spend. <laughs> they're probably going to spend more than they should. And so we're going to be able to use this game to, we've developed to call the TAT method. So we're going to be able to teach financial literacy, right? Analyze the user interaction and then track the progress of the user over time to be able to say, hey, you know what? Because this person started with these habits starting off, we've seen uh, a development of, of a more rounded uh, interaction with uh, with money. So I, I know it's a long-winded answer, but uh, our platform is, is built to really to educate and, and to help when it comes to behavioral finance and, and financial habits. Hey, it's Kathleen Burns Kingsbury, and I just wanted to say thank you for listening to the Breaking Money Silence podcast. I hope you're enjoying today's episode. I wanted to just tell you about a service that I provide that may be of interest to you or your family or one of your clients. It's individual money mindset coaching. 
What does that mean? That means I work with individuals to help them identify their automatic thoughts and beliefs about money and help them feel more comfortable and confident when it comes to finances. It is a short-term program that can really take you from being uncomfortable or a little fearful around money to being really confident. So if you're interested in finding out more, feel free to email me at kbk at breakingmoneysilence.com. And let's set up a quick phone call and see if money mindset coaching is for you. Well, what's interesting is you're also going to gather some interesting data that's going to allow you to get a sense of what helps kids learn, what helps them change behaviors. So I can see it, you know, not only being a great app for educational purposes, but also for getting some data as to how do we change behaviors? Because historically, we've done a miserable job at ending the financial literacy crisis in our country. So I can really see that being useful, Max. So I'm glad it was a long-winded answer. It was helpful. Yeah, and and I'll share the statistic with uh, with your listeners, and it was it was shocking but not surprising. And it, it, the the stat was that a, a child's financial success is almost exclusively determined by the zip code they grow up in. So if you can imagine, imagine being able to utilize a game, right? Dropping a game into an overlooked, underserved community, and all of a sudden the conversations that are being had in that household about investing, about in giving, uh, about all these other functions of money. Imagine the impact that can have not just in that on that child, but in that home and in that community. And that's that's what we're looking to do here long term, Kathleen, is to really have a tool that can make some some significant impacts in in, in lives and communities across the country. Well, it sounds like also, I mean, the, the gist of what I'm hearing is it's about being equitable in terms of financial literacy. And you've mentioned the underserved communities and you've mentioned, you know, making sure that you, you know, we can break the connection between your zip code and what your financial success is. And so I really do love how you are so committed to reaching diverse communities and underserved communities. And I think one of the things that's, um, really interesting to me is that, you know, the financial services industry is traditionally a, a white male industry, you know, what is it? Male, pale, and stale. <laughs> male, like pale, joke. and stale. Right, already, right. Yeah. That <laughs> we joke great. about and, you know, we, you know, often joke about, but for you, somebody who is a black man who is in finance has achieved tons of success and is now developing this app, you know, how did you get interested in finance to begin with? Because, you know, I don't know if what your zip code was, but somehow you not only got involved, you became successful and you are doing what I think this industry really needs to do, which is making it much more inclusive and, you know, not just serving people that look white, male, and, you know, I won't call them stale again because that feels like a little much. <laughs> Yeah. So I, I'm fortunate. Remember, I mentioned earlier about the fortunate folks who will have parents or have family that, you know, plant seeds of education and knowledge. My dad went to went to school in D.C., went to Howard University. He got his MBA at NYU and uh, was a bank executive for years. And so I grew up in New York. And so I grew up uh, watching dad come home, suit and tie, briefcase and, you know, having conversations about net worth and assets and minus liabilities and, you know, cash flow. And so that, that was, that was fortunate for me, um, common conversation. And then went to university of Maryland, graduated. And interestingly enough, 
I, I, I was this close to becoming a DEA agent. Uh, I was interviewing Ooh, for the exciting. DEA. Yeah, I know, right? And I was also interviewing for a uh, management training program for SunTrust on their uh, commercial and corporate lending side. And fate has it that I, I went the banking route and I, I did lending for a number of years. But to your point, Kathleen, I think one of the other offshoots that we're hoping can happen from this book and from this app is that more young people will start seeing and realizing that the financial services space uh, is something that can be rewarding for them. You know, if you're growing up from the Caribbean, my, my parents are from the, from the islands, you know, your parents want you to be a doctor or a lawyer. And if you do anything with numbers, a CPA, <laughs> and if you do those three things, you know, you, you, you pass muster. But there is a huge opportunity in the financial services industry whether it be wealth management, whether it be you know finance, whether it be insurance, but if kids don't realize that it's something to focus on, how can they, you know, realize that it could be a potential career source? So that's why uh, we're hoping one of the again one of the offshoots of, of this of this book and this app and this platform is more kids of color, more young women. Uh, seeing that, hey, you know what, managing people's money is is, is pretty cool. And in fact, uh, there's a place for me to do it. And it can be not just rewarding uh, societally, but can be rewarding financially as well. Yeah. And I'm really committed to making sure that the financial services industry really represents the people that we serve. And, uh, you know, while I work with a variety of different firms. Some are high net worth, ultra high net worth. There are also, you know, times where I work in financial literacy summits and work with women's organizations. And so I, I really love that this is, you know, not only a gateway to financial education, but also for some, maybe a gateway to saying, hey, this is a really great career path because I wouldn't spend so much time hanging out with financial advisors and bankers if I didn't think they were fun. <laughs> yeah, it, it is fun. I play one on TV, Mac. I, I parade <laughs> around uh, hanging out with all of you. So I know time goes so quick on this podcast, but I wanted to do something that I haven't done before with you, if, if you'll humor me. I wanted to do a quick speed round with you. Are you up for that? Uh, let's, uh, don't, don't, don't hurt me too bad, Kathleen. <laughs> okay, sure. it, won't, it won't be bad because <laughs> any answer you give is a right answer. So what I'm going to do is just have you give a short sentence or just a, an impression in terms of the different groups I'm going to mention and how it might apply to to Finlit or to your app. Okay. Got it? Okay. So when you think of your of your app and you think of parents, what comes to mind? The first thing that comes to mind is engagement and fun and, and, and entertaining. So, and I'll go a little bit deeper into it. It needs to start somewhere, right? That that conversation needs to start somewhere, and so that's what we think about when you think about parents and our and our app is that engagement, that starting of the conversation. Nice. How about educators? For educators, I'll say a consistent platform. A lot of feedback that we get from teachers is they they want to teach this, but they aren't aware of a, a, a good consistent platform. That can be used whether you're teaching in Florida, you're teaching in New York or Texas or California or wherever. I think a lot of educators are looking for a fun and, and but consistent platform that can be used everywhere uh, to get the message about financial literacy across to young people. How about advisors? Building the bridge. 
you and I have been in an industry where we know that a lot of times when advisors are working with clients, if they do not have connectivity to the next generation, they run the risk of losing that relationship. Financial advisors across the country actually use our book uh, to share with their clients with young children to to start the conversation to make sure that that next generation is aware of all the hard work and what went into to building that that family legacy. So I heard a great stat said if you take care of a of a client, they're thankful. If you take care of their child, they're forever grateful. So I think uh, it's a great way for advisors to utilize this tool to to build a bridge with, to the next generation. Okay, and the last group, underserved communities. Uh, the, the word that popped into my mind was just needed. We, we talk about the wealth gap and all the different ramifications of that, but one of the solutions or tools that we can use to, 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 to narrow that gap is, is economics, is financial literacy. And so uh, if we can start educating young people and making them aware of the fact that, hey, that $100 that you buy, that you want to go and buy Nikes or buy, buy whatever, you can actually invest in Nike, right? That is a mind-changing paradigm that I think can have some long-term ramifications on overlooked, underserved communities. So uh, that's, that's, that's why I say, I say it's needed. Yeah. And I can certainly hear the passion in terms of all these different groups, but certainly the underserved communities. So what is next for you and FinLet Technologies as we kind of wind down the podcast today? So, yeah. So the Four Money Bears Berryville is, is as I said, it's we, we view it as the on-ramp, right? It's the beginning uh, of, of a child's uh, financial education journey. Uh, we have uh, developed new characters like Banker Box Turtle, Lender Lion, <laughs> Omnibus Owl, and, and Crypto Cat. You know, a nice. lot of folks are asking us I to I love provide. cats, so I, <laughs> Crypto Cat is great. Yeah, we, so we're, we're working on developing uh, educational platforms uh, for, you know, K through 12 all the way to adulthood. Actually, the, the, the full financial life cycle. So we're continuing to develop educational content that meets people where they are. And we, um, we feel really blessed to be able to have some great partners uh, that are helping us on this journey. And uh, the Kickstarter campaign that we have going on is going to allow us um, to really raise funds and awareness of our Teach Kids Money mission and, and get folks on board to, to make a change in the lives of young people across the country. Awesome. Well, we're going to put links not only to your books, but to the Kickstarter campaign and a bunch of other stuff. So tell me, if someone's listening in today and they want to find more, find out more about you or find out more about how uh, they can give or support what you're up to at FinLit, what, where should they find you? So you can go to www.the4moneybears.com and you'll find out about the app. You can actually download uh, the pre-alpha demo. You can see a little bit about about the uh, the app that we're, we're we're developing, or you can go to uh, www.finlittech. That's F-I-N-L-I-T-T-E-C-H. It's just uh, it's it's financial literacy technology is uh, the name of the, the, the long name <laughs> of our venture. <laughs> um, but yeah, that, that's where you can learn more about our mission and 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 what we're working on doing every day to to make an impact and. And not just the, the life of children, but the, the lives of, uh, of, of folks in our community um, that are looking for more financial guidance. 
That's awesome. I love your Mac nuggets and <laughs> I loved breaking money silence with you today. So thank you so much, Mac. Thank you so much for having me, Kathleen. As I say, the journey continues. This episode is sponsored by Life Transitions by Dr. Amy. Helping financial advisors and their clients have deeper, more meaningful conversations so that life changes are better connected to financial plans. To find out more, visit dramy.life. Thank you for listening to Breaking Money Silence, hosted by Kathleen Burns Kingsbury, a wealth psychology expert, author, and founder of KBK Wealth Connection. If you like what you heard today, be sure to subscribe on iTunes or your favorite podcast app and leave a review. Also, share this episode with your friends and family. It is a great way to get the conversation started. For more money talk tips and information or to hire Kathleen to speak at your next event, go to www.breakingmoneysilence.com.